0: Welcome into the BSN Buffs Podcast, coming to Archived from the Blake Street Tavern. Uh, As we always do, this show isn't live, but it's about as close as you can get to it. We put this up right away. Anyways, we are just a few blocks away from the ballpark here at the Blake Street Tavern, one of our favorite places in the world. Uh, Always getting taken care of here. You will, too, if you come out. Uh, I'd suggest coming out for the Michigan game in a few weeks. That tailgate... Our buddy Tyler Ziskin was telling us it was going to be really good. So come out to that. I guess it's not a tailgate. It's just a watch party. But, but
1: it's in the tailgate room, so, which could throw a, a folk like you off.
0: Yes, yes. yes. Anyways, before I introduce you to my lovely co hosts on the evening, I've got to tell you about one of our new sponsors, our, our partner over at mybookie.lv. Football fans are flooding the online marketplace, putting big action on the football games, and then they have to wait weeks to collect their cash. There's nothing more frustrating. That's why thousands of online... You laugh at every one of my reads. That's why thousands of online players are going to mybookie.lv. They offer real Las Vegas odds, incredible player props, and live in-game actions, uh, action with odds updated in real time. And as we just told you, fast, no hassle pl- payouts when you win... Join now and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand dollars. Get an extra ten percent off, or an extra ten percent on your deposit bonus uh, when you use the promo code BSN Denver. That's BSN Denver promo code to activate that extra ten percent. Expert or rookie, you gotta check out mybookie.lv. So sign up today. I reason I was, up.
1: The reason I was laughing is because you said big action, and I thought you were gonna be like lots of people are putting big ass bets down. <laughs> ah. I,
2: I put some I I put some bets down today. It matched my deposit, and it was pretty
0: darn exciting. I mean, as the editor, I don't know how I feel about Ryan saying ass on the podcast. I might have to tell Ryan. Make your own decisions, Chef. Yeah. Anyways, we've got Ryan Konigsberg joining us today, the uh, vice president of BSNDenver.com, Will Whalen, the other former BSN Buffs editor that is here uh, joining us, and Special contributor today, Ted Chalfin, uh, on the podcast, does a variety of things in the CU community. Uh, Ted, welcome yourself into the podcast and let them know about that lovely voice you own.
3: It's good to be here, Shab. It's been been a long time. I've been admiring your work from afar. And... (laughs) I've actually been on the radio with you twice, but I don't think a lot of people, as many people listen to that as listen to this.
0: And and you know what the best part is? You finally admitted that you admire me in some way or fashion. So uh, I appreciate that. I meant, you know,
3: professionally, obviously.
0: Well, obviously. Anyways, uh, a lot of things, well, one thing the Buffs fans will certainly admire are the CU Buffs absolutely... Blowing out the Rams. It, it couldn't have been more of a blowout than the CU Buffs winning 44-7 to against the CSU Rams in the Rocky Mountain Showdown last Friday night. Ryan was there. Ted was there. Will was there. We all watched the game separately so I think we're all going to have a little bit of different opinions about what happened. But unequivocally we can't agree. They throttled the Rams. It was an
1: absolute dismantling uh, and something that I honestly was not expecting on under any circumstances. But They just came out, and I said this once before. They came out onto that field and they acted like they were going to win from the first second they got out there. They played like they were going to win and never faltered from that all the way through. And, you know, I was talking to someone, I was like, where did that come from? Like, I don't know where all this confidence came from, but they talked about it all through the offseason. They're veteran players, they're very talented. Like, they have talent across the board. And all those dudes just went out there and they're like, we're supposed to win, we're going to win. And they won. It
2: was, it was exactly that. And this is a game where I saw people talking on social media about how so often emotion is kind of the X factor for Colorado State in this game. They come into the Rocky Mountain Showdown feeling like they have something to prove. But this year, it was completely opposite. Colorado felt like they had something to prove on that field on Friday night. And they came out from the get-go and did it. Uh, and I'd say that's what I was most impressed by is the fact that they came out first, first defensive series, knocked CSU on their asses. That's the second time it's been said. Uh, and then on the offensive this side... A, this
0: is an ass-half-full type podcast.
2: And on the <laughs> offensive <laughs>
0: side, <laughs> they knocked
2: them back again, and Phillip Lindsay delivering the hammer on more plays than not on that first series. That was, that was the tone setter of the game. And, you know, sometimes watching Colorado in recent years, if they have a good start, I've always kind of been like, okay, when is this gonna wear off? Right, when and they is have the that punch fumble, come and it back? seems like it's right. gonna happen there, and it never came, and it never, honestly, it never really felt like it was gonna happen. It never. And CSU was running with their tails between their legs early and often, uh, and that's what I mean. That was my lasting impression: just the energy and the physicality that Colorado came out with.
3: I think when Cepho fumbled in the end zone, everybody had a moment of, oh no. <laughs> And then Alex Kelly recovered, and it was kind of okay. And, and then I noticed something, that when Phil fumbled, I think they were up 14-0 at that point, when Phil fumbled on their third series, I think it was. I felt almost none of that fear that I would normally feel with a 14-0 lead. I kept trying to tell myself rationally, CSU had a 14-point lead last year early, and look what happened to them. Don't get ahead of yourself. I tweeted about that. Yeah. I probably would have if my phone hadn't been dead. But uh, I didn't feel that way. I just felt, oh, it's okay. They'll just stop them again. And they did because the CSU offense looked so totally helpless against the CU defense that I had no doubt that they were going to stop them again. And they did. They
2: they came out right away, and and CSU made very clear that they were terrified to throw the ball
3: right from the get-go. Right. They
2: made clear that if they were going to have success offensively, It was going to be on the ground because that's where their focus was, and they felt like their offensive line could control the line of scrimmage. They felt like Dawkins could get into space and take advantage of one-on-one matchups. And when he got into space, for the most part, he had a lot of success. Dawkins had a good night, you know, but but it was clear early on that CSU's offense was one-dimensional, and as soon as I think they kind of showed their hand in those first couple of drives – you got the sense of, oh, man, they, they don't want to throw against Cheeto Bayouzier, against Tedrick Thompson.
0: And you saw that Nick Stevens was very timid in his throwing. He was all over the place all night. But that's something we talked about going into this game is that if CU, CSU got down big, they were going to really struggle to get back into this game because they rely upon their run game. Uh, and they really didn't have an opportunity to. As soon as the Buffs shot shut them down four straight times and three and outs, game was over from there
1: it was crazy because of the pressure the buffs were getting you know we talked a lot about that in the off season of they didn't get to the quarterback very much last year and it puts a lot of pressure on the guys in the back end we kind of thought they were gonna have to rely on those safeties and corners that are so talented to keep them you know on balance on on defense and, and they were I'll, getting to the quarterback and I don't know if it was CSU was afraid to throw the ball they, they simply couldn't they couldn't get passes off and you know they made Nick Stevens look like Jake Shapiro in the backfield. Like, he literally had no idea what was going on back yeah. there.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well. Jake doesn't have a whole lot of an idea of what's going on right now. I'm editing. I'm doing the entire board right now, Give you a break. There's a lot of mic passing here on this podcast. Anyways, but what I was going to say, Tedrick Thompson told me that that the pickoff that he had, <laughs> Will hates that mocking Jay from the Rockies game thanks so much. Anyways, the, the thing I was going for, uh, or, or the thing I talked to with Tedder Thompson is that he told me that pickoff that he had was purely based on the defensive line's play, and you saw that a little with the Cheeto pick too. Uh, that Cheeto kind of got lost in the defense there, and Nick Stevens didn't even see that. And all game, you saw whether it be a Rick Gamboa, a KO, uh, uh, Afalabe Af- Laguda a few times. They were constantly pressuring Nick Stevens in this game, and Rick, then uh, Bauta as well.
2: Yeah, Rick Gamboa had a really good game. I I was less high on him a year ago than some people were. Um, and he he really impressed me. And that the play of the defensive line, the play of the linebackers. I thought Colorado, the worst part of their defense in recent years has been their linebacking play. So oftentimes, I I found myself watching them in first and ten on goal line situations, on third down, asking myself where the hell are the linebackers? And I thought their linebackers played a really good game on Friday. That combined with the defensive line putting that much pressure on the backfield holding their blocks in the run game. It was and I've seen a lot of a lot of the credit that people have been dishing out has been centered on on just a few things because what's crazy to think is they won 44 to 7 and I didn't think they played that excellent as a as a cohesive team. There were so many pieces of the game that they didn't execute at a really high level that you would expect from a 44 to 7 win. Uh, but the defensive line, the linebackers, the defensive backfield, Jim Levitt's defense was the number one thing that I came away impressed with. Because I want to see, I want to see how the wide receiver blocking holds up in weeks to come. I want to see how the offensive line holds up in weeks to come. Uh, because I don't have a lot of faith in that inexperienced CSU defense, but the Colorado defense. Really impressed me. It's been a very long time since they dominated a team with a pulse like that. A very long time.
3: I'm not sure I was even that impressed with the offensive line this week. I feel like watching the game back. Cephal was on the ground in the backfield way too often. I think that's a product of Cephal. He He holds on to
2: the that's his. He holds on to the ball so long, and he always has.
3: This is true. And Nick Stevens was getting everything out in two
1: seconds or less because he was just totally helpless. (laughs) But The thing about Cepho, though, with him holding on to the ball, it's not necessarily him holding on to the ball because he can't find someone. He waits and waits and waits until his guy gets himself open. And you see them make big plays that way. You know, he really waited long on the throw to Devin Ross down the sideline. He waited really long on the throw to Shea Fields. He just has the balls to stand in there and take that hit, knowing it's coming, knowing that his guy is one step away from getting open.
2: But that is... That's the definition of a quarterback who has no anticipation. Throw your, throw your guys open. And, look, I don't want to hammer on Sefo. I, I was kind of tough on him on Friday, I think, uh, in some of my recaps and my, my tweeting during the game. I, I had a lot more to say about his bad throws. That, that the th- two throws that you just mentioned to Devin Ross and Shea Fields should have been touchdowns if it weren't for Sefo's throws. The, 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 he, he missed a throw to Jay McIntyre in the flat. It should have been a touchdown he struggled and, and those, but those are some the moments making that i throws mean
0: in which he's always struggled with he's right, always right. struggled with those throws he's always struggled hitting guys on the sidelines and he struggled with that in this game i
2: think i think the one the one throw that we've seen him make a lot is the deep pass to shea fields that he didn't hit perfect he put way too much air on it if you're gonna wait for your guy to be that open trust your arm stop trying to touch pass it to let him run under it, hit him in stride, and let him walk into the end zone instead of getting tackled. at I'm not going like to. I'm it. not
1: going to sit here and just let you bash <laughs> Seppo after he just had an amazing performance where he stood in there. You
2: can't call it amazing. That was not an amazing performance.
1: What more would you want from him exactly? He should have had
2: three. He should have had three easy. Those were easy touchdowns that he that your senior quarterback missed.
1: And easy, and the team won forty-four-seven.
2: And, but that's the thing is if you're if every excuse this
1: is just you game use, back coming off of injury there's going to be some rust to shake off Of with. course
2: there is but that doesn't mean we can't call his performance what it was. We can call we can say it was we can say that the what reason why he didn't exactly? look very we can say that the
1: reason he didn't look very good? He didn't not look very good. He was He completed you, those passes. He missed one to Jay McIntyre. Just because you complete
2: the pass doesn't mean that it shouldn't have been six. Okay, Ryan, so was, come on! It was six on the next play. Ryan, I've number, realized these numbers weren't number, perfect, but he, no, they he weren't just the not passes. perfect. They weren't very good. The Devin Ross to sh- saved the one, him. Okay, the one to saved Devin Ross. Him.
1: That's early in the game. He's still shaking off some rust. The throw to Sheffield was fine. fine. He missed it by one step.
2: That should be a touchdown. Walking away. And they, they ended up scoring the it's possession. Ridiculous. So there's it's not about harm done. That doesn't matter. Using 44-7 to seven as an excuse for missed plays, for critiques on this team, does nobody any good. And, it, and it's boring, quite frankly. We can say that Sefo did not look very good. He still, his numbers were fine. He did not look very good. We can also say the reason why he didn't look very good is because of X, Y, or Z. And that's fine, too. You can say it was because of rust. That's fine. Maybe it was. But you can't sit here and tell me that Cepho played a great game because either you misread, you watched a different game than I I did, or you're just not willing to call Cepo out on it because it wasn't a great game, and that's it. It didn't need to be. It didn't need to be, but it wasn't a great game.
1: Okay, you don't have to call it great. You have to call it good.
2: In the sense that he didn't throw interceptions. Okay, sure. But he's missing. If you those want to talk about the missed, ball
1: security when he left the pocket, you can critique that. I, 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 the way not he not threw the ball was fine. Right. I'm not even. What, going what that his right. 22 was his numbers? Twenty two of thirty one. Twenty three of thirty three. percent passing, or something. Like that. not, that's a nice game. How?
2: And yet, there are still throws that your senior quarterback on this kind of year needs to be able to make. And the, and I'm not saying he the can't. Bryce make Bobo it. throw was a dime. Was an absolute. That's dime. what I'm saying. It was. So, But, again, this is this, like, ridiculous notion that by me saying that the three most easy walkaway touchdown throws he had he blew means that I can't also compliment him on a dime?
3: He really overthrew – I mean, he really underthrew the ball to Ross. He was way too conservative there. The throw to Shea Fields, I want to defend a little bit because I had a little bit of a unique position. I was very low to the ground, and I could see it kind of head on. And when that ball was released – Shea Fields is basically on the sideline when that ball gets released. And he had to cut a really long way. And I actually at first wasn't sure if he was going to get there in time. And Shea made up a lot of so ground and not a throw? lot of time. I thought that actually, no, I thought that Shea might not have actually caught up to it in time. And then so to say that he floated it too much, Shea Fields is an amazing receiver who has a lot of speed, and he so caught up to it. So you're basically
2: saying Shea Fields had to run out of his way
3: to get the pass? No, the, pa- the pass was... I think the pass was just about where it was supposed to be. He may have put
0: a little bit too much air under it. but
3: He's agreeing the,
0: with you, but he's saying Shea surprised him in his athletic ability. I'm,
3: I'm saying that Shea has got there quicker than I, than I was expecting him okay.
2: to Okay. But again, I'm just talking about the throw. And again, we're, it's important to we're, we're somewhat nitpicking he had a to 44 up to 7. For two win. strides. Two but, strides. Yes, he had to but
0: up. but, the reason but everybody's we're, the reason trying to figure why, out if it was CU or CSU. Right. And the reason why we're doing that is because CSU is CU. And the reason why we're doing that is because Cephalu LuFau's is going to need to make those throws yes. when it comes down to a game like UCLA. You miss
2: those throws against UCLA, and you don't win. He
4: didn't miss the
0: throw. Uh, um, he didn't miss
2: the throw to Jay McIntyre in the, in the flat. Okay, he
4: missed one
0: throw.
2: He didn't miss the throw to Devin Ross. Devin Ross saved that play. He didn't that was miss a it. He completed throw. the throw. It That's was a terrible throw. The,
1: the definition of missing a throw is not completing it. He made the throw. That,
2: uh, you, Ryan, you're look. No, because this is. Look, I thought I think CU played really well in a lot of ways, and I've complimented them for almost a week now. But what what is everybody just going to say? Forty four to seven for the rest of the year? That's that's stupid. It's immature. It's not. It It didn't even make the front pages at every post. Wow, <laughs> I'm just saying we have the to Ram, be able. to The Denver to look Post has never and went it.
1: back and changed that headline. So according to the Denver Post, Rams still <laughs> own the state. They need to maybe rectify that. You but you need to but, be able
2: to critique plays in this game without people attacking you to say, "Oh, forty-four to seven. Oh, he played. I'm three. not attacking
1: like, you. I'm just saying he had a good game. But
2: not for a fifth, not for a senior quarterback that you are hoping. To go to a bowl game and take the next leap as a program, with.
3: I'll critique his running outside. He the needs to get bigger. Diving he, ne- or better. he needs first. to get better. There's critique, no doubt about it. I'll critique that. He needs to get
0: better. Okay. If he plays that game against UCLA, you lose. We'll stop talking. I got to tell you about the Colorado House. 30 flat screen TVs in there. You'll be able to watch any game you want. So next Saturday, college football, you're watching the games of the Colorado House. But I didn't even tell you the best part. They are the home for Colorado craft beer. Nitros, IPA IPAs, owls <laughs> IP and
1: Stouts. That could be a good little hybrid, a little IPA ale, which I know it's already an India pale ale, but, like, more ale, less India.
0: <laughs> it's like Arnold Palmer, but beer. Um, right. They, they are the home for Colorado craft beer. You've got to head on to the Colorado craft uh, keg house. They are out uh, on 36th and Wadsworth, so perfect place uh, in between Boulder and Denver. So if you're going one way or the other, stop by there right next to the Broomfield Event Center. And when we come back from this commercial break, we are going to discuss the Colorado State Rams and if it has to do uh, more with the Rams or more with the Buffs. I also want to get into the uh, Buffs uh, with Cephal sliding. Was that a problem with Mike McIntyre? We're also going to talk about the Buffs receiving votes in the AP poll. We asked you guys questions. We got questions. We have a a lot lot coming to to you on this podcast, so stay tuned.
5: Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tea time up to 60 days in advance at Fossiltrace.com.
6: Preferred Organic Therapy is one of Denver's original dispensaries. They've carried a fine list of award-winning strains since 2009 and they now carry Colorado's largest selection of edibles. You'll find other things like Apothecana oils and creams, Marcaha oral tinctures, and Charlotte's Web CBD. Nobody gives you the variety that Preferred Organic Therapy does. We're conveniently located off of I-25 and Colorado Boulevard. Preferred Organic Therapy, a better way to heal. Don't miss the Yamaha Get Out and Ride sales event at Coyote Motorsports. With low APRs, huge customer cash, and more on Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. From championship Yamaha sport bikes and YZs to sport ATVs and side-by-sides and grizzly, Viking, and wolverine models. So see Coyote Motorsports today for huge get-out-and-ride savings. Offers good 216 through 63016 on select Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. See Coyote Motorsports for details.
0: Back on the BS. Oh, Buffs so pod- many good
4: ones.
0: <laughs> Back on the BSN Buffs podcast, coming to you from the Blake Street Tavern. Uh, it's that time of year again, and we have a new opportunity for you to make some serious cash while watching football. The site is called MyBookie.lv, and thousands of experts and rookies are playing and winning big there. They offer real Vegas odds, amazing player props, and live in-game action with odds updated in real time. But the best thing about mybookie.lv is the fast, no-hassle payouts when you win. Join now, and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 and get an extra 10% bonus on top of that when you sign up and deposit today. Make sure you use promo code BSNDenver to activate. That's promo code BSNDenver. Expert or rookie, you've got to go check out mybookie.lv. Ryan? Jake? You were in the stands for the first time in a long time yes, for I that was. CU-CSU game. From your view in the stands, do you think that game said more about the Rams or more about the Buffs?
1: I don't know. I had kind of a blurry view of things. But honestly, <laughs> uh, on my second watch of the game, I, I think it was – I don't think you can really attribute it to one side. Um, the Buffs did something in college football that I think is the most important thing of all of college football, and that's plays that get you easy yards. They had so many plays, and that's a big thing – talking about this Darren Shaverini wrinkle that they threw into the offense, they get easy yards, and I think that that above all else in a college football offense is the single most important thing. To be able to get four to six yards by just flicking the ball out to the sides and those wide receivers blocking their tails off is incredible. I mean, that is the mark of a successful offense. So I think you have to put something into that. I think you have to put something into Nick Stevens being a literal dead body trying to play quarterback. Uh, so there's Will's m- going to be a dead body the way this is going. <laughs> so there's certain himself. things. I think this, the secondary is strong, but, like, for – I just want to see, like, a living human play against the secondary so I can make sure that they're as legit as they looked.
3: Was Faton Bauta living enough when he signaled that first down for you?
1: That was – one, uh, that was something else, man. I'm so glad that that, that someone with a lot of followers saw that and tweeted about it, so it went viral. Because that was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. It, it
3: was. It, I mean, the thing that I loved about that game was that it was. It got to a point where CU fans were comfortable enough to give like Bronx cheers when CSU would do something good, like we were playing some school. Like I can remember playing. Um, some schools in in like like Jackson State in basketball or whatever where you would get, you would Bronx cheer when they would do something well, it felt like that kind of game, and man going into it, I did not think it was going to be like that. I thought this was going to be like a one or two possession game. I actually did, and I think to me, I love the way c u came out I love the way they played. CSU had no game plan on offense beyond we are going to run the ball and we are going to establish the run. It was like once that happened, it was like Mike Brobo just froze and turned into like the spinning wheel of death. It was like his game plan was to run into the line twice and then throw a screen pass at a guy's feet, and that was every series. That was
1: wild. I mean, Mike Brobo got ever so seen. outrageously outcoached in that game that if he, like, it was literally, it was a fireable offense how badly he coached in that game. He had no game plan on either side of the ball. If really, if Mike
0: McIntyre coaches that poorly in that game, he gets fired. He's not coaching right now. He's
1: he's literally looking for a job. If he got that badly out coached, uh, like when you watch like when you watch the side the game and they like cut to the sidelines and they show Mike Bobo, he literally like he's a, a personification of the Mister Krabs meme. <laughs>
2: um, this is the this is the question that I asked right after the game. It's a question I've asked throughout the past week almost. Um, I don't think that I have a, a full read on it yet. But if I had to make a call, I think it's, it says more about Colorado in the sense that in how many times since 2010 have we said that a Colorado team did what they were supposed to do? not saying that they i mean they weren't even supposed to win this game by 37 but after watching the game and seeing the difference in talent the different difference in athleticism and physicality they they should have blown that team out now that we've seen the evidence and then when you look at the box score you look at the final score they did exactly what they were supposed to do i haven't said that about colorado a whole lot since 2010 That's why I want to say that it tells me more about where CU is or is headed than it does about CSU. I don't think very much about CSU, but still.
0: I think it's the first time in a long time, and this is what you're kind of alluding to, that the Buffs have exceeded expectations in a game. Uh, Yes, the Rams didn't meet their own, and I kind of take Ryan's approach where it was one of each. Both the Rams did not play to their abilities and the Buffs played uh, better than we thought they would. But to me, it said a ton about the Buffs because never has their mentality been in a spot under Mike McIntyre where if they get up, they stay, you know, they don't stay up when they get up. Uh, in games, even in conference, they've been up in a few times, uh, uh, and they, they don't stay up in those games. So you look at that game, and Mike McIntyre even said a post game where he said, you know, when we went up 21 nothing, I kind of had a thought in the back of my head where it was, maybe this isn't such a good thing kind of thing. And he said, you know, but that got answered really quickly. So you're looking at how the Buffs approach this game from not a – because we know they have a better physical and athletic team than the Rams. They should every year. But from a mentality standpoint, the Buffs outplayed the Rams mentally, and that says a lot to me.
2: Mike McIntyre might want to learn how to play with leads because if he's not careful, he's going to get his starting quarterback knocked out yet again.
1: That was really odd. Uh, what, like, the, it wasn't –
2: like, at first I was like – I was almost irate. I was like, as a, as a head coach, how can be this irresponsible? And then it kept happening, and I was severely confused.
1: Yeah, I, I, I have no, – I mean, I'll, I'll start by saying this. I felt people overreacted a little bit about Sefo going back into the game for his – after the – when he was down on the field, when people were freaking out about his actual health, like, that he had a concussion – when you watch him walk out the field, he doesn't look like a guy who just got a concussion. Right. He, might, he got shaken up. He actually fell on the ball. I don't know if he had the wind knocked out of him. But he, it's not like he had just had a concussion and they Luke Falked him back out on the field. Well, if
2: you, if you believe it's him, a, that's he just curve. laid there because he was pissed off.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's not which true Which is the either. lamest <laughs> excuse. But he was shaken up, but it wasn't a head injury. That being said. It makes no sense. I have no idea why they kept trotting him back out there like, not only should you be worried about getting your starting quarterback hurt, and like Mac Brown said on the call, you definitely tell him he's not allowed to run the ball. But you need to get reps for your yes, backup quarterback. Yes. Like, the invaluable experience for Steven
0: Montez was left on the field on Friday night. That because final Mike drive was, was, was no experience was just at all. Being stubborn, or I, char- I mean, I don't know what. It was. My grandma even asked this to me, and I had a hard time explaining it to her because I really didn't have an explanation. But why? Is Sefa Lufau on the field? Is it because they're trying to run up the score? I really don't don't understand what the benefits are. Yeah, if Mike McIntyre
2: in the post game came out and was like, honestly, we were trying to score 50, I'd be like, yo, do you, bro? <laughs> like, I would have so if, – if that's your goal, if you're like, yo, CSU's been talking trash, we want to embarrass them, I mean, word. I don't like it, but word. But the fact that they had no explanation for it, doesn't doesn't he didn't in, in the post game? Mike McIntyre didn't even have so much as to say of you know what, I shouldn't have had him out, out there. That's my fault. The he's head coach really, didn't take responsibility. All, he's all he really said was that. About it.
0: All, he was he said, right. all he said, All he said was that he Tuesday liked too. the all he said was he liked the flow of the offense and he wanted to keep the flow of the offense. Well, guess going. what,
2: coach? That 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 does when you're up forty-four to seven. That doesn't matter anymore. Look out for the health of your team. You want to learn how your team handles a lead, you need to learn how to handle a lead. That was extremely irresponsible.
3: Well, the funny thing is is that Seffo comes back and leads another touchdown drive, handing it off every single play. And I can see why McIntyre may have wanted to put a touchdown on the, on the board in the second half to sort of solidify that they didn't just take their foot off the gas. But I don't see any reason why they couldn't have had Steven Montez out there handing the ball off every play. It didn't make sense to me to have him in there once it was 37, I mean, that early. And once it's clear that CSU is not going to win the game, I think when you consider all of his history, I know Seppo's a really tough guy and his injury was a freak injury, and there's a lot of things that would have bothered other quarterbacks that haven't bothered him. But I just didn't see any, like, yeah, you wanted him out there to work on some stuff. Guess what? You're playing Idaho State this week. Have him work on some stuff this week. I just felt like it was that risk that he took was
2: it was irresponsible. was But Seppo was
3: irresponsible too. Seppo d- should not be diving for Sefo first downs. Seppo was extremely
2: irresponsible I agree. in the fourth quarter I of agree. a thirty-seven-seven How- game. However, what I can't do is blame a guy if if, if you're a player and you're on the field, that in your mind, when you're the competitor that we sure. know Seppo is, he wants that first down, he wants it, and so you 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 understand the mindset. You need your senior to be smarter. You need your head coach to be more responsible. But the other thing is. Yo, if you want to run out the score, you put in your backup. You get a chance to throw the ball, and nobody faults you for your backup airing the ball out.
1: Right. I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Steven Montez gets in there, and he wants to prove something. It's, it's I mean, just, he it was, was totally a- irresponsible by Mike McIntyre. I don't blame Cepho. Once you're on there, your instincts just kick in. You do you. Uh, Mike McIntyre has to be better than that, though. Yeah.
0: Steven Montez is the guy that didn't even win the backup job until that game. No, he won it a long time and, ago. Well, they're I mean, doing a solid
1: they, 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 to a senior who's still exa- on the roster. And,
0: and technically, what, from what Mike McIntyre said, I know what you just said, and I agree with it, but from what Mike McIntyre said, that job is still up for grabs. Yeah.
1: Well, so he didn't give Steven Montez a chance to go in there and take hold of it at all.
2: Right, and, th- and that should tell you a lot. You know, if they were actually trying to figure out who the number two is, you would have seen Montez be given a shot to call some plays, make some reads. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's it's – it's just one of those things where you hope that this week against a team like this, if they go into the half up 28-0, you'll put Montez in, get Gurky some fourth quarter snaps. You want to know
1: what's crazy? If they went in the half 28-0, it still wouldn't be as bad as it was against CSU.
0: But <laughs> I'm You know what, you know what's funny? I want to hear Ryan Koningsberg chanting from the stands on Saturday afternoon, "We want Gurkas." I actually brought that out in like the second quarter of last game <laughs> <laughs> um but I got one more question about the Rocky Mountain Showdown for you guys and this was the Colorado Safe Outlook question of the week that we threw out to you guys on Twitter how did the CU Buffs Rocky Mountain Showdown blowout affect your attitude towards the rest of the season uh Matt Cisneros the lovely Matt Cisneros said the goat the, the goat uh one more win than expected Jace Kinney also one of our favorite followers. Said, real,
1: real quick, I just want to talk about Cisneros for a second. Like, is it just disrespectful to the guy who does graphics for CU that he just, he's just putting out doper graphics for free on a weekly basis?
0: Yes. yes. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, Jace Kinney also said one more win. Uh, Garrett Bear, another one of our really loyal followers, said more confident that they will get six wins. What are your guys' attitudes towards the rest of the season now that they accomplished uh, that blowout win? I, my expectations haven't changed. Um,
2: I remain, I, I, I think I've said that, I think this is the year where teams like Arizona, Arizona State, they, they kind of, I think CU gets them this year. Um, USC also looks kind of vulnerable. But honestly, I, I, I just don't know. I'll know a lot after Michigan. I'm waiting to change or alter any predictions after Michigan. Because if they get beat 63-3, to like Hawaii did, which I don't think they will, all of a sudden any optimism that you have after CSU or after watching them against Idaho State, whatever they do, has to be kind of quelled a little bit. I'm waiting until really the first half of Michigan to make any declarations about the team moving forward.
1: Well, as I promised, I said I would know what was going to happen this season at halftime of the CSU game. (laughs) It was Jake's responsibility to get that prediction out of me. He didn't do it. Um, I am saving it it for the
0: podcast. And
1: then uh, I saw it later in my mentions. I was like, oh, I forgot. Um, I took the bait. This is a, They're going to a bowl. They're, they are going to a bowl this season. Um, they played bowl football team football in that game, and the amount of experience they have, the way they are carrying themselves, all of that tells me they are ready to win games in which they put themselves into, which they definitely have the talent to be in games. They're going to win some, and... I'm on board with with them going to a bowl this season. I took a lot of heat
3: on Twitter from uh, Tyler Ziskin, among other people, for saying that I was leaving the tag on my The Rise t-shirt that I bought for $27 at the team store until after the CSU game because I wasn't 100% on board until I saw the team actually play. And I took the tag off at halftime. I saw this team, they have an attitude that is totally 100% different from any CU team that I've seen as a student here. They have that just, we belong here. We're so much better than this team. We're going to go out there, and we're going to kill them. And I hadn't, I mean, yeah, maybe against Nichols, but even then, they didn't play that well. They didn't really play that well against Nichols. They won 48 nothing, but they didn't really play that well. I haven't seen that kind of conviction in a CU performance in a really long time. There was no doubt. There was no second-guessing. They just looked confident the whole time. When something went wrong, it was no big deal. And that convinced me that yeah, they're going six and six this year.
0: I will say, my <laughs> was there like
1: a big like cutting of the tag string ceremony? Like, no, I just took it. I just, you brought, I actually, like, a golden pair of scissors <laughs> and a beam of light came down and it was like, no. To the first. I actually like put it. I put it says
3: the rise on it by the way on the tag, and so I put it. I put it on the um, the railing in front of me at Sports Authority. So I'll have to see if it's still there when I go uh, back tomorrow night. Also,
1: Tyler's tweet was actually genius. I didn't realize what he was saying. When he tweeted, when he quote tweeted you and said, "Pour beer," someone pour a beer on this man. I thought he was just being a dick too, but he was saying like, "If you pour beer on him, he won't be able to return the shirt because it's stained in beer."
0: Oh, nice. no, that was clever. <laughs> I'm more with Will than I am with you guys. My expectations have not changed, but my confidence towards the team has changed. I I am more confident in the Buffs' ability. You're
1: more confident in their ability to win four games.
0: Yes. Good um, God, dude. I went from think leaning on three, honestly, to leaning towards five. So,
1: yes. You're, you're crazy, man. Um, well,
0: wow. yeah.
1: Anyways, we – I'm not calling you crazy for saying they're going to win four games. That's fine. But to just say that that game only made you more confident in them winning four games doesn't really make sense to me.
0: Well, it made me more confident about the rest of the season, I should say. But it made me more com- – like, if I said they have a 5% chance at making a bowl, which it was more than that going into the season – I would say it's, like, 15% or 20% now. Like, it, it greatly boosted how I thought the high end for this team can be. And it brought up the low end, too.
1: I, I appreciate your non-willingness to backtrack on your low ball prediction. Uh, I have respect for that.
0: Thanks for the backhanded compliment. <laughs> Anyways, when we come back, I want to talk about the buffs in the rankings, because the buffs are in the rankings, kind of. Um, Fornelli, Tom Fornelli, CBS Sports, actually had the Buffs ranked at 7 today in the Fornelli 50. Ryan's face says it all. We're going to come right back and get Ryan's word reaction to that. Who is uh, Fornelli? On the other side of this break.
6: Jackson's Hole opened in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, and Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. There's 65 and 70-inch TVs everywhere. The food is still amazing, and there's almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps that you can control at your own booth. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off Arapahoe and I-25, the original sports grill.
0: By staying at the forefront of cannabis genetics, cultivation, and quality control, the clinic provides the best cannabis you'll find. And with 50 awards, they've won more than any other dispensary in Colorado. There's also a brand new clinic location right next to the Colorado Light Rail Station. And if you bring in a ticket from the game, they'll give you 15% off your entire purchase there. Seriously, check them out. Go to the new location off Colorado or go to thecliniccolorado.com. If you or somebody you know has been in any
6: type of accident, call Flesh Law. You do not want to face the insurance company alone. If you are not sure what to do, Flesh Law offers free consultation and will meet with you for as long as you need. If you do decide to file, we'll have your litigation started immediately so that we can get your case resolved as fast as possible. Call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886. That's 303-806-8886 or Google Flesh Law
0: back on the BSN Buffs podcast but before we go all the way back I got to tell you about the Clock Tower Grill if you're going down to the Broncos game today because that's when this podcast is being released on Thursday we're recording it on Wednesday if you're going down to the Broncos game today why don't you stop off on the Lincoln Light Rail station hit the Clock Tower Grill before you go down there too bad it's not a Monday Wednesday or Friday though because on Monday they have three dollar Long Islands Wednesday 75 cent wings and Friday's three dollar shots So it is a really good place to go on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's probably going to be a really good place to go tomorrow, too, because it's the perfect place to get your pregame on. That's what their tagline is. So stop stop on at the clock, stop on off at the Clock Tower Grill before you go to the Broncos game if you're going today. Stop on off. All right, that works. works. Stop on off. Um, Speaking of stop on off, you stopped on off on Tom Fornelli's Twitter, and you have done a 180 on him within the last 30 seconds.
1: You will never hear me say, who is Tom Fornelli ever again. This guy's
0: great. Um, do you agree with his assessment that Colorado is the seventh best team in the country?
1: I think that needs a little bit of context, there, uh, Mr. Jake.
0: Okay. Well, I want Ted to explain it because I actually didn't read the article. I just saw that it was uh, the Colorado was ranked at seven because I was wow, on my dude, way. Wow, dude, you're the people that I hate. From yeah, how could you possibly rank Colorado at seven?
3: What do you, yeah. So yeah? No, his tw- <laughs> his Twitter is great. Poor Nelly guy. No, but anyway. Colorado
2: State scored all caps. <laughs>
3: it's great. I was cracking up on Friday. Okay, night. so give
0: the context of the article, Ted. I,
3: I believe, from what I understand, because I didn't read it either. But, <laughs> oh my God. No, but you so it. what I understand
1: is these are the most impressive performers. Yeah. So he ranked. He, I think he was doing like an anti-preseason rankings yeah, type of thing. Because I hate preseason rankings, so I actually totally on board with this. As a person who least had the least exposure to this article, I think I understand it the most. <laughs> No, it was just who
3: looked really good in week one, and guess what? CU, in front of a lot of eyeballs on ESPN, looked really good.
0: It's based on the same formula that he uses for uh, his worst 25, which is all statistically based. I love this guy. Colorado
2: State holds Colorado with a field goal, and that's the high point of the season for the Rams thus far. <laughs> in all caps with stars, never read too much into what you see the first week, but Colorado is going to win the gosh dang Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> right before that. OMG, Colorado is the greatest team I've ever seen. <laughs> the tweet before that is Chip going down a, a swimming lane in a tube. Uh, <laughs> it's really and then in all caps, Colorado winning it all. This so, guy is
1: Jake, absolutely
0: are, amazing. I'm,
1: I'm naming you the booker of this show now, and your job is to get Tom Fornelli <laughs> on the podcast next week.
0: I think I'm going to be able to do that. And he says,
2: who will Colorado play in the Rose Bowl?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one of the questions we got asked in our AMA by Ben Burroughs. But before I go into that, because we we do have that AMA coming, I want to talk to you guys about the actual rankings, both the coaches poll and the AP poll. The Colorado Buffaloes, the pride and tradition of the Colorado Buffaloes will not be entrusted to the timid. Uh, Maybe it shouldn't be entrusted to the AP voters because they got to vote somehow. Yo, you did not just pervert that saying. Well, I tried to transition it into that.
1: Anyways, oh. I've been the good guy on this podcast. I, I, I'm i very high on the buffs. But guy, honestly, Ryan. whoever is uh, ranking them in the top 25, like pass over whatever you're having, um, it's strong and potent stuff. But honestly... Nice like, Jewish pun.
2: Yo, Passover, a large group stuff. of... Humans just walked into the Blazer Tavern in awkward-looking football jerseys. Looks like they're
1: about to have a fantasy draft. Anyways, this is, literally, this is literally ridiculous uh, that someone ranked them in the top 20. Not because they didn't have a good performance, but because we don't have that context that we've been talking about this entire time, who was good and who was bad. CSU, like I said, we, they're definitely not Arizona State, and they're not even Georgia State.
3: We so, have all the context Georgia we need, State. Ryan.
2: We have all of the context
3: we need. First, Brian, how do you know who, how good anybody is?
1: You don't, but what, what context do you have to put the Buffs into the top 25 after
0: all the years of mediocrity? Because
2: we're not ranking years past. We're ranking 2016.
0: Well, I want to ask Ted something right now, and to put this into context, Ted knows more about Colorado football history than anyone at this table. And that's No, it's not true. Okay. Brian knows more than me. Well, Ted knows a lot about Colorado Just football history. Ted, talk less. Can you tell us the last time Colorado received a vote?
3: Yeah, it was after your first game that you ever went to
0: at against West Virginia two thousand eight.
3: So basically, it's been eight years, and we can talk about how ridiculous it is that somebody would want to put CU in their top twenty-five. Somebody could have done that at any point over the last eight years, and not a single AP voter decided to do that. Which means that the Buffs made an impression on someone, some lucky soul, for the first time in thirty-eight percent of my life, and that means something. Damn it!
2: Do you guys see the other teams receiving votes? Like, let's let's not act like I think Toledo a got vote two votes for the top twenty-five right now. Is this like a it's really cool. Don't get me wrong. but like, It's right, not cool. It's like ridiculous. It's, it's not. Look at the other teams on this list. First of all, everybody kind of so sucks at a lot other than Alabama this year. Alabama is real good. Everybody else is not all that good. And so college football is kind of down. I'm glad you're Anyways. speaking in
1: absolutes after
2: week yes, okay, one. I absolutely
4: am. <laughs>
0: the best part about this is Ryan goes into this segment and goes, I want to be the bad guy here. I just I really don't think so. And Will's like, ugh. Will just went worse bad guy than Ryan did on this topic. But, I mean,
2: (laughs) not to be outdone. Right, not to be outdone. Here's Will Whalen's take. rankings are kind of whatever anyways, right? I mean, preseason rankings are totally worthless, and everything somehow is put within the context of preseason rankings and week one performances. That's all we have to go on. And I'm not saying that I'm putting a lot of stock in the rankings right now, but are you going to tell me that Oregon looked better than CU? Week one, they didn't. N- no, they are didn't. you are you gonna tell me that
1: LSU looked better than CU? They were playing one? a. Re- they were playing real humans, but
2: they literally have no human at quarterback. Again, <laughs> like
1: oh, I the old Nick the- Stevens issue. <laughs> like,
2: so it's like these USC. It's not even that. Like I get Alabama's. Good. USC got beat. Like CU was getting beat by Oregon back in the day.
1: Yeah. No. They. I mean. They All got right. beat like CSU got beat by CU this weekend.
2: Right, exactly. And, so, and USC is still right outside the rankings. And so it's like if we're simply going on what we saw, Colorado looked dominant against a team they're supposed to. I know we're not used to talking about this kind of thing, but this is what Just 99% you've of been the other talking Power about 5 it, conference
1: but you've teams do. Ta- you've been talking about it since the beginning of this podcast. We've got to see it against Michigan. If they go, if, okay so because if they we're, we're just listen about a different thing. if they blow out CSU and they blow out Idaho State and then they're competitive against Michigan I'm, you give them a vote yeah I'm totally on board with that It's just out of nowhere like That's the
2: week 3 poll though
1: <laughs> This is just it's just crazy to me Week 1 polls are always this crazy And it, the, Toledo
2: received a vote It mostly makes two, me mad because two votes, two votes. If Holy Toledo.
1: If, <laughs> if they didn't get a vote in the AP poll I was totally going to do some investigative journalism as to what coach voted that because I know Neil Welk has set the bar, set the record straight saying that it wasn't Mike McIntyre. But I was actually waiting for one of uh, you guys to ask Mike McIntyre if he voted for them in the press conference because I thought he was going to have this big speech ready. Like, yeah, you know what? I did vote for them because this is my team and I believe in them. Like, blah, blah. And like, Something they, dope. Yeah, like I was like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. Apparently nope. not. But some guy in Omaha thinks the Buffs are the top 25 team and – I say raise a glass to
4: him.
2: You know who else got votes not in the AP poll, but in the coaches poll? App State, um, South Alabama, Southern Mississippi, App State, Toledo. Um, who else? Western Kentucky. Actually, they got they had a
0: good they beat like, but, so but did, again, so this is Eastern like Mississippi or whatever. Did they beat living humans? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Well,
2: well, that's the thing. Week one polls are always wild, and so within that, Colorado deserved a vote because they did what they were supposed to do. You, Will that Wayland, you have, an, anything will Wayland you have
1: an AP vote. Are the, were you putting the Buffs in your top twenty-five this week?
2: Yeah, because I don't oh think God. there. Are, I didn't see twenty-five teams in the country that performed <laughs> better than. Are there twenty-five teams that I think are I in actuality better? Yes, but it's it's the week one poll.
3: How many people had jitters coming out week one? How many people just looked really, really shaky who we thought were supposed to be good? It'll see, you did not figure, figure look like itself that. out. CU in week one looked like one of the twenty five best teams in the country, right. and that's all. That's all. That's that all that was was matters.
2: I'm not saying anything about after Michigan. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying for this week, did we see this
3: specific poll.
1: I didn't see. Did you see where? Was it twenty five that you ranked them? Where did you rank them? Okay. You get, you get
3: one point for being twenty five. They oh, get two points for being twenty four. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So that, good for him, man. Again, good for it's him. just
2: it's kind of a non. It's a non story in the grand scheme of things.
1: It's a non story that we just spent ten <laughs> minutes of podcast. On. <laughs>
2: Because it's been eight years, as Ted said.
0: Um, I want to get into some of these AMAs. I'm just going to breeze Hit. over the rest of that one. Hit it. Ben Burroughs.
1: It has to be AUA. Ask us
0: anything. Well, I guess, it, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, Ben Burroughs, best hotel to stay in for the 2017 Rose Bowl.
2: I've never stayed in a hotel in, in L.A. Uh,
1: Casa de Sam
0: Foreman.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've only stayed at uh, family or friends' houses in L.A., never a hotel.
0: The shore in Santa Monica, very good. Um, Wait, did you look up like a no? What's no, that I've super stayed there many times. Beverly Hills like the uh, chateau something? No, I thought you were talking about uh, the the hyatt Hi- the Riot Hyatt. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: lit at the Riot Hyatt. <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> You guys not know what the Riot? Absolutely ride is? not. That's I where think all we like the rockers stayed on. in the in the uh, in the '80s. So like uh, Jimmy Page and like Robert Plant stayed there for like years at a time.
1: Is that the um, uh, Is that the place that burned down when they they when Chateau Marmont. Smoke on the water. I don't think so. that was in Montreux. Yeah, in like Switzerland. Chateau Marmont. That's what I'm thinking
0: of. I only asked that because I knew Ted would actually know the context. <laughs> Jace Kinney asks. Which player stood out most to you guys on Friday night? So, one player, each person Ryan, or er, Ryan, which guys pointing at each other. Ted. What?
3: Oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so much pressure. Oh, boy. You know who was really great? Diego Gonzalez. Diego kicked that ball out of the back of that end zone a whole bunch of times, and that's not something that we have been used to seeing. And he nailed all three of his field goals, one of which was from the left hash, and just looked like a totally different guy than he did at points last year. Gave me a lot more confidence in him going forward, and a lot more confidence that CU's not going to be giving up as many giant returns this year.
1: Low key, though, he hit one field goal that was spinning, like as if you took the ball and spun it on the ground. You know how that used to be like a popular celebration? He hit a field goal that was spinning that way, and it still went in. It was crazy. Uh, If I'm going to choose one guy who really stood out, I got to give love to sticky hands Devin Ross. He made plays. I know he had one drop. Will will probably say that means he had a horrible game because Cepho missed one throw, and that meant he had a horrible. uh. I love
2: it when never (laughs) See, this is why I get attacked on Twitter, because you guys sit here and you laugh as you're like, Will has this ridiculous take where it's like half the time when I'm saying it, you guys are like, Okay,
1: not always nodding
2: along. I'm not going to lie. But, like, you guys blow it up to this thing that I get attacked for a week on Twitter.
1: And it's amazing. (laughs) Anyways. by the time
2: these people don't even listen. They're like, oh, I'm just going to say something absolutely stupid because I didn't listen. But I want to jump on board. Anyways.
1: It's great. Uh, Keep doing that, folks. Honestly, Devin was a different player. He put in the work. He made catches that he didn't make last year. Like, the one that was high on third down to keep the drive going. Early in the game, I think it was – Maybe not. They were going the other way, so it must have been in the second quarter. But he made a play, jumping up for a ball across the middle, not afraid to get hit. Um, he made other catches. I was I was just really happy to see Devin, and he looks like a weapon. You know, In the past, he was almost, I don't want to say he was uh, a liability on the field because of his drops, but he's gone from, you're not sure if you can throw it to him on an important down to, now he's a weapon.
2: I mean, this sounds too easy, but uh he was the best player on the field out of both sides for either team. Uh, he was an absolute
1: monster. When he made that third down breakup and just walked off doing the, the money fingers, I was I was maybe the happiest I've been in a long time. Like was, I was like, yes,
2: that was the most that money. That was the most dominant performance I've seen by a Buffs defender
1: in a really long time. But he set the tone when he had that third down breakup. He didn't celebrate. He just walked off, like, give me my money, and it was amazing. Like, there was no, like, like guys were kind of jumping off of, all over him, and he was just, like, dropped his shoulders, like, yep, that's how I do.
2: Yeah, he was, he was incredible. The, the, the mo- again, the most def- dominating defensive performance I've seen from a CU defender in, I mean, I, I'm right now trying to think of the last time I saw somebody single-handedly dominate a game. Jordan Dyson on Maybe Addison Gillum,
0: honestly. Addison
2: Gillum his freshman year. At he never games. dominated games like this,
4: though.
3: Yeah, the CSU was, was wondering what side Cheeto was going to be coming from every single play. I believe he was totally in their heads. His back handspring after he made that one tackle was just like, oh, man. He was totally physically on a different level than every single one of the people he was matched up against. He didn't even have to hit them right. He could hit guys, like, with his
1: arms around their shoulders
3: and just throw them to the ground. He is
2: the best high arm tackler in human history.
1: Dude, and he literally, like, Spider-Manned onto that guy and just, like, jumped him and, like, wrapped up the top of his body with his arms and legs and took him down on that screen pass. He's just, like, I feel like he's more bouncy
0: than he even knows. And that's how he always ends up so high on guys. Rick Gamboa had a tackle in that game where it was just like a yes. one arm shove. He's just like, like you would to your little brother. Just shoved, his, shoved the guy down, and he, like, fell back on his head. You know, it was, that was beast tackle. I Another agree. guy that was fantastic, and my guy that impressed me the most was Philip Lindsay. He had that one fumble that was not so good, but he really set the tone in that game coming out right away. He had four carries, I believe, for more than seven yards on the first drive on that 73-play drive, and that really just changed the game right away um but
3: wait I want to say one thing about Phil Phil is dead serious about his fumbling in that game because I saw him walking out of class with a football in his hand yesterday that's great he's gonna fix it he's maybe the most dedicated like die hard CU guy out there so he's gonna fix it
0: he used to eat Sewell all the time freshman year and like that was the year he had that red shirt thing he he tore his ACL I think uh and even when he was redshirted, like, I never saw a guy more passionate about CU just, like, like around. Like, you know, I'll see football players all the time around campus, and most of the time they're wearing football stuff, but not all the time. But, like, Phil, like, if he could wear his own jersey, would wear it around campus because, like, he's just so proud of the fact that he gets to wear that jersey, I think.
1: Phil is uh, he's a different dude, that's for sure, but he's the exact type of dude. I talk about this all the time with the Broncos and, like, guys like Aqib Tlaib, who's on a little bit of a different level, but... To be good at football, you have to be crazy,
0: and Phil Lindsay has that. Another one coming from Garrett Bear. Is the Buffs' O-line actually okay, or was CSU's D that that bad? I'm not
2: nuts about the O-line. I think they will gel if they stay healthy. I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Which is
0: already a problem. They were already down to their third-string center in that game. I think you're talking a little bit uh, more about pass protection. I thought their
1: run blocking was –
2: Their run blocking was good. They – it was good. I, I didn't have the best I'll, I'll admit, I didn't have the best angle to see the kind of holes they were opening. I thought Philip Lindsay pushed the pile a lot that night. Um,
1: Where were you guys in the press box by the way? Were, like, we were in the curve. We were right on the curve. so we I were
2: was basically on the line. end zone end zone extended uh, even a little bit more towards the north uh, corner. But, so I didn't have a great angle. you know 10 yards either way, I would have had a lot better, better angle, quite frankly. Um, I'm in, I'm in a, again, with the O-line, I'm in a wait-and-see mode. Uh, I think that they played fine. Uh, pass protection wasn't spectacular, but I know a lot of that, again, is, you know, Cepho holds onto the ball for a really long time. Um, I thought they were fine, but I think that if they stay healthy, they're going to they're gonna have a lot of room for improvement, and I think they will improve.
1: Yeah, they're definitely solid. Uh, they They don't. I mean, it's not like, you know, they're the Dallas Cowboys of college football where right. they're just going to be dominant on every play, th- sending mountains of men out there. But I thought they were – they were—they inspired confidence, I would say that. They inspired confidence.
0: That's fair. One quick one coming from Cisneros. Will you all buy my stuff if I start printing them, trying to avoid the welfare checks out here?
1: Welfare well, checks are real. I would buy anything Matt Cisneros does. Yeah, that's I'm it. Actually, We're actually paying – I literally, during this podcast – I've offered him some money to do something for us.
3: Matt, if you um, print those shirts of Ralphie Five standing over the grave of Dan Hawkins, I will buy one. I didn't even see that. What was that? What was that? Did he make that?
0: Or did you just make that? No, I can show it to you on Twitter. It's a thing. All right. Please do. Um, Another one coming from CISP. But in all seriousness, what does Saturday's performance got to look like for y'all to be confident to say we have a shot against Michigan and University of Oregon?
2: there's nothing that's going to give me the confidence to say that they have a shot to beat Michigan. Um, I think they'll compete. I think I've, I've said kind of for months now, I think that Michigan pulls away at the end and that's fine. Um, I want to see them dominate Idaho state. And if they do indeed show signs of life against Michigan, I might even be picking them against Oregon. I don't, I I did not like what I saw from Oregon. I am not. You can't
1: put too much faith in a quarterback whose last name is Prukop. Like, not at all. None. Just, he's way off the all-name team.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I don't think it'll – I'm not going to pick him against Michigan. Oregon, though, per the question, I'm, I feel confident against them against the Ducks.
0: Jay Buff, see you at Folsom Asked how irritated sh- should CU fans be at McIntyre keeping Sappho in for too long? We already answered that, but he asked another one, so I'll get to that. Mac. To getting fired was discussed before the season. Is there a time slash record this season that we should worry he'll leave? He is, and then LSU question mark. I think that was about um, no, no. Wait, what
2: just happened? (laughs) No, not at all. Yeah, McIntyre is not leaving. If he leads, see, I'll I'll say this: if Mike McIntyre leads them to the goddamn Super Bowl, if they, if Mike McIntyre leads them to a record that garners him an offer from another Power Five school and he leaves Colorado for it, I am willing to, like, I mean, you guys throw things at me that I need to do if that happens because there's not a whole lot I'll say no to. That would be the most insane thing I've ever seen in college football, if that happens.
1: If Mike McIntyre leaves the Buffs.
2: if if my, I'll say this. If Mike McIntyre got hired at LSU, <laughs> I will never – what? I will never – Never, tweet again. I'll delete again. my no, Twitter. I like I'll delete tweets. my life.
1: No tweets <laughs> about food ever again.
2: Okay, if, if Mike McIntyre gets hired by LSU this year, I'll never tweet about food or wine or anything but CU. Honestly,
1: again. if LSU just wants to propose a straight up trade, who <laughs> says no? <laughs> who says no? Um
2: That's I, not gonna happen though. I mean, if they go eight and four. It's it's just not gonna happen, y'all. Like it's not going on. Don't don't stress it.
1: Another I, love, I just I love it that he went from on the hot seat to is he
0: gonna get <laughs> poached
1: in one game?
0: That's
2: the <laughs> most LSU. amazing thing ever. Oh my lord,
1: that was great.
0: Uh, at Andrew Anderson Double A says, any idea why Leo Jackson didn't get any playing time in the Rockies? He Machi was injured.
1: Yoda? He did play some. I wait. Can't who am I thinking this. of? I'm
0: words. thinking of Leo Jackson. He was injured. Number. I thought Leo Jackson was injured too.
1: <laughs> He's number fifty two. Did he play? I'm pretty sure he played. Well,
2: Someone with an uh, the L or was it Lee Walker that was injured?
1: Lee Walker. I didn't see injured. Lee Walker on the. Okay.
2: Field. Well, that's Anywhere's a really 25. in-depth question that
0: I'm not prepared to answer at the moment. Um, we'll
1: get, I'm pretty sure Leo Jackson. Maybe that person was thinking of Lee Walker. I'm pretty sure Leo was in there.
0: We'll get back to you on both guys. Uh, we'll answer that one tomorrow on Twitter, uh, and then. In the next segment, we're to, we've got one more. We're going to preview Idaho State. We're going to bring back, how you say that, a.k.a. all-name team. Um, we're going to bring back the all-name team. We're also going to play a game where I try to pit Let Ryan. Let me
1: just tell you, Idaho State has some names, man.
0: We're also going to try and pit Ryan Koningsberg against William Whalen like we always do uh, by making them figure out if a fact about Idaho State is indeed a fact about Idaho State or about something else. Uh, it's gonna be fun. So we'll be right back.
1: Real quick throwback. Do you remember when Adam, Monster Tiger, and I did this on the Nickel State thing, and I got five out of five questions correct? No, I just had to get one, one out of five. I don't know. I got one of the questions right, and I got free Chipotle out of it. Great throwback. It was dope. We'll be right back on the BSN Belles podcast.
5: Euflora is the Apple store of cannabis. With three locations, the biggest selection in the state, and a tech driven shopping experience, Euflora is the only dispensary you need. Euflora has over 75 types of edibles, tinctures, topicals, and drinks, and they have over 20 strains of flour at all times. To see everything Euflora has to offer, go to EufloraColorado.com. That's EufloraColorado.com. com. When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays, and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. Life Flower Dispensary on Leedsdale serves medical and recreational until midnight. We are a one-stop shop and have something for everyone. Whether you're a smoker or prefer to use topical treatments for severe pain, we carry a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flour, and we even carry glass too. Check out our menu at WeedMaps.com for specific strains and price details.
6: Life Flower Dispensary. Open 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. Monday through Sunday. Mention BSN Denver and get 15% off your entire
0: purchase. Back on the BSN Buffs podcast one final time for your comprehensive preview of Idaho State, uh, which includes just the guys with the best names and a couple quick facts about them as well as about Idaho. So, uh, yeah, comprehensive. Anyways... Uh, to give you some real facts about Idaho State, they played Simon Frazier uh, this past weekend, and they actually beat them worse than Colorado beat Colorado State. They won You mean they games. beat him? Yeah. Simon. No, it's not fair to have 11 guys playing against one guy. It's not it's, – you know what's not cool? Having a school with two first names. You know
1: what's super <laughs> not cool is playing a D2 school in Canada. They're not even a D2 American school. Idaho
2: State is basically in Canada.
1: I've heard of, uh, Idaho is actually a nice state. They're – Jake Plummer had nice things to say about Coeur d'Alene. <laughs>
4: Anyways. Anyways.
0: after Colorado, the Idaho State Bengals are actually playing Oregon State at Oregon State. So, expect uh, Idaho State to be 2-1 and one, uh, after September 17th. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bengals, more like bangers.
0: Oh, um, the most important thing, according to the Idaho State football game notes, is their ticket prices because that's listed first. Um, very important stuff there. Good bargain or what? Uh, single game prices for all home games are $18 for adults and $10 for children and seniors.
3: I Sounds like CSU. That's yeah.
1: a bargain, folks.
0: They have an indoor stadium, too. No way. The, they do. The Minella dome, dome or something. Eight, and it's the same stadium I feel stadium like they have, basketball.
1: like, orange turf, too. <laughs>
0: they, they might. Um... Anyways, the coach of the Idaho State Bengals uh, – I I'm thought you
1: were supposed to be quizzing us.
0: I, I, that comes next.
1: Okay, okay. I just feel like you're giving away a lot of facts.
0: Any of this information. The coach of the Idaho State Bengals, Bengals. – This is
1: actually a good, a good fact here.
0: The coach of the Idaho State Bengals is the same coach that was the coach in Montana in 2006. Montana, Montana State, State, Jake. Montana State. Yeah. In Montana? There's no same name. Right.
1: The Grizz, good squad.
0: Missoula. Uh, so did you hear what
2: happened to this coach, though? No. So he got fired from Montana State because his players were running a drug ring. Ah, and No,
1: no he, wonder they beat CU.
2: <laughs> then he ended up suing the school. And uh,
1: won, I believe.
2: I
0: believe so. Tight. Um, all right. So we're starting with the trivia Ryan versus Will.
1: Why can't Ted be a part of it?
0: Ted okay. can be a part of it. Okay. He can't said look he doesn't at my care. Cheat sheet. Um, yeah, what are you
1: doing, dude? Know, I'm slouching. Y- y'all, if you were here, you would have just seen Will totally just peek at the cards. Slouching.
0: Uh, so Idaho State is located in Pocatello,
1: Pocatello. Ida- Pocatello
0: Idaho. Uh, which Should we be quizzing you? <laughs> <laughs> which religion is the majority religion in Pocatello, Idaho? Uh,
1: I'm going to go with Mormon, yeah.
0: Seventy-five percent Mormon. Wow, this is already off to a nice banging start. Hey. Um, I mean, you said it
1: first, so I think you got the point. But I would, like, Boise State is a half Mormon school.
0: Yeah. Pocatello's elevation is higher than the lowest point in Colorado. W- wait, hold on. Say that again. The elevation of Pocatello, Idaho, is higher than the lowest point of elevation in Colorado.
4: Is this
1: true or false? Or are you just naming facts? <laughs>
0: I'm waiting for you guys to tell me if it was true or false. Then say uh, true or false. And then yeah. say it.
1: Um, I'm going to say true.
2: Colorado, uh, but I would 4, say. What is it, Ted? 4,300
1: feet. 4,300 feet, according to Ted.
2: So, say the question again.
0: I'm very confused. But well, was it wasn't
1: sure. a question, he just <laughs> read a statement. <laughs> the <laughs>
0: elevation of Pocatello, Idaho is higher or lower. Uh, well, I said true. <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. Is higher than the lowest point in Colorado.
3: I need to make a correction, by the way. It's thirty-three hundred is the lowest, not forty-three hundred in Colorado. Oh, lowest changed. point in
1: Colorado, I believe that's uh, Fort Collins. Oh,
0: oh. true.
2: <laughs> All right, so is this a true or false, or is this or That was a true or false. And what did
1: you call? <laughs> <That> true. <laughs> I don't remember the question. Yeah, I'm going
0: true as well. All right, that's it true. It's 4,462 feet. <laughs> Name the bowl game Idaho State used to host. Idaho potato bowl nope
1: um famous Idaho potato bowl are you not giving me that
2: <laughs> I'm that's a
0: Boise state wrong um, wrong state of Idaho honestly you yeah, known, I'm not even gonna know. answer because I have no idea the real dairy bowl
1: the real dairy Idaho yeah the real
0: D the RD bowl All um right. so we're both two and one
1: are we yeah,
2: we both got two right. We missed one.
0: How okay. many national championships has Idaho State won in Division Two football? One, double A. One. Zero. One. Hey. 1981. Well done.
1: That was a good year. Uh, they were led by a guy named, by the name of Tanner McElvoy. <laughs> ah. And he took them to the chip.
2: Did you guys, like, Uh, coordinate this or something like that? The best part is you
1: actually believed me, and probably so did, like, (laughs) ten listeners who were listening to
4: this.
0: Out of of these three famous NFL players, which played or uh, was an alumni of Idaho State?
2: Played or alumni? Same, same. It's not the same They went to Idaho State. Okay.
0: At one point? Yes. Or
2: graduated. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't know if they graduated because they might have just played was there. Was it the
2: last school that they played college
0: football in? Is not that- sure.
1: It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mer- I was just trying to teach him the difference between played there and alumni.
0: Merrill Hodge, Evan Dietrich-Smith, Jared Allen.
1: Evan Dietrich-Smith.
0: Yeah, that one. All three.
1: Uh,
0: that's a trick question. Yeah, that's of actually course kind of awesome. <laughs> Wait, really? All three? All three pl- went Meryl to not State at some point. I
2: thought he was from Texas.
4: Yeah.
1: No, more he was no fr- more He's trivia? from Port- I thought he went to the University Whatever, of Idaho. Bad
0: tie
4: <laughs> Ooh,
0: Um. We're going to wrap up the trivia and now go to the all-named great what, segment, I what would what say. What
2: former Boulder High School player uh, went to Idaho State to play his college basketball and came back to Boulder? And
1: and to Mitch Fraser.
2: Louis
0: Arms? No. No? No. no. Oh, uh, was it Riley Grebo's older brother? Yes, yeah, so oh, it was. Chase, Grabo. Chase Grabo. Yeah. They're basically the same person. Pretty much.
4: Um. Well, not-
2: Anyways,
0: <laughs> we're gonna let Ted go first in the all-name draft yeah, because it's. Uh, we're gonna. Well, how better. many? How many people do you want to draft today, Ryan? Let's go two. We could do two each. Two each. Two each. Three. I think there's enough for a three-man okay. squad. Three-man three three squads. Hey, there's some good ones. Okay, so Snake draft it. Okay. Ted to Will. Will back to me, or Will, you know, change All right. one last. It's
1: fine. It's fine. This is a deep class. A deep class. All right. With the first pick,
3: in the Idaho State all-name draft, Ted Jelfin selects Fondoro Wilson. <sighs> That's he was a surefire first. Fondero Wilson, what a guy! Defensive back, five foot nine,
1: out of Bakersfield, California. Nice.
2: Uh, the second could have pick, a
1: big impact in the game, if you ask me.
2: The second pick in the Idaho State All Name Draft, uh, I select number ninety-four, John Raheem Peoples.
1: Ooh, John, John Raheem. Raheem Peoples,
2: the six-foot-five redshirt junior, 230, 330 thirty-three hundred thirty-pound d lineman, formerly of BYU. How do you spell that name? Uh, J O N. No space, capital R, <laughs> H-Y-E-E-M, <laughs> space, Peoples.
1: Peoples. All right. John Ryan. I'm a big fan of, like, really intense first name, totally normal last <laughs> name. R-H-Y. Like,
6: it's like a funny last name. Right?
0: It's not the best. The all first right.
2: name makes up for no. all of it. Plus, he's with his Peoples. I got my Peoples on my team.
0: Red shirt, sophomore wide receiver, number 17, eleven, 180 pounds, from Kootenai something Idaho. Cordellane. Cordellane, Idaho. Good lord. We've got Tucker Louie McGee. Tucker Louis McGee, triple first
3: name. Almost. <laughs> like Louis McGee Tucker would be a
1: way better name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, with the fourth pick, I would like to take running back, freshman, 5'11, 190 pounds. A- Nehemiah McFarlane. Oh, because it's like oh.
0: Nehemiah, wow. And then McFarlane, <laughs> is he Irish? Like, what's the deal here? <laughs> It's like McLovin. Lovin. He's an Irish R&B singer.
1: Yes, uh, and we, I'm going to struggle with this one uh, with the fifth I pick in the right? snake draft. Brian, dude, both Finney and Ganofo. <laughs> <laughs> Finney and Ganofo.
0: Spell that That's out exactly for people.
1: Brian F I N E A N G A N O F O. Brian Finney and Ganofo, uh, red shirt sophomore,
0: six six two seventy five out of L A. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, but. Freshman offensive lineman number 73, uh, 6'3", 335 out of California. 73? There no yeah, there's no 73. there's 73. literally no 73. There's a 73 on the game notes. Are you all on the roster? I'm on the game notes. I'm on the ESPN roster. Oh, well, I'm on I'm the I'm on, on the notes. official school <laughs> roster.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, number 73, Tavi Lueta Yulu.
3: Oh, he's number 63 on this one, but he's on there.
2: Tavi Luetta. Okay. Okay. For my second pick in the Idaho State all-name draft, uh, I am going to take a chance. Oh, that was mine. (laughs) On Chance Salu Tregui. Yep. Chance Salu Tregui.
1: What's going on at Idaho State that he's not on the pronunciation guide?
2: (laughs) Number 87, 6'5", redshirt freshman (laughs) D-lineman. Chance Salute Treggly. <laughs>
0: you, you guys, if that guy is any good and I have to announce his game or announce him during the game Saturday, I'm just going to give up. I'm yeah, just that should
2: ju- you should actually just use his name anyways, regardless. <laughs> uh, and you know who we really have to keep an eye on, bus fans? Wait, you do to go again. That, that red shirt freshman, Chance Salute
4: whatever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, this guy sounds like a fake human. <laughs> this guy might be Nick Stevens' alter ego. Here we go. Number 30, he's the he's the kicker. Cougar Coburn. He's got (laughs) the the alliteration going for him, and his first name is Cougar. How did I miss that one? And he's from Arco, Idaho,
1: which is a great name for a town. And uh wait, I gotta go. Hold on, I was just telling them before this segment, if you only focus on the pronunciation guide, you're gonna miss a good name. (laughs) Cougar Coburn is a perfect example (laughs) of that. You gotta do your draft research. I got a late second round steal.
2: Who was your first pick?
3: <laughs> My first pick, I have to go back, was Fondrow Wilson. Okay. Um. Okay. All right, You're I've your got third pick.
0: Your third and final pick.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to. I got a couple of decent, uh, decent options here, but, uh, you know, this one, I just want to get somebody with a different kind of, different kind of name in there. Because um, I want to try to see if anyone can pronounce this. Is this on the pronunciation guide? It's number fifteen. He's a senior out of uh, Des Moines, and his name is spelled K W, but there's no there's no period. It's the, the W is lowercase, so I don't know how to pronounce his name. But it's K W Williams. But his name is like Cool Williams. I don't know how. He's a wide receiver. I don't know if that is that on the man. It's not on the pronounce. That's an incredible name.
2: This is tough for me. I've got I've got a couple different names that I've been debating between my my hot board really got whittled down. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go with a feisty freshman standing six foot one, 208 pounds from Chula Vista, California, from Bonita Vista High School. Number nine slash nine.
4: A <laughs> Fox. <laughs>
2: He's a, he's a foxy little defensive back. So he
1: plays two ways, and they felt the need to say that he plays. He wears number nine on both sides?
2: Well, the thing is, is, listed above him is number nine quarterback Alex Espinoza. But I literally want to see a dash between his numbers on the field. I don't understand how he can wear nine on both sides.
1: It should be noted. I, I think they wanted to save some money on extra jersey numbers <laughs> because every player one through nine is a duplicate.
4: This is true. They were saving out So there's two
1: number ones, two number twos, two number threes. No, no number threes. But two number fours, two number fives, two number six, two number seven.
0: All right, 34, number 34, running back, red shirt sophomore, transfer from Nevada. Nevada. And this is why this name's so good. He's a running back, and his last name's Woodhouse. Lonel Woodhouse. Good
2: pick. See, I wanted to pick him because he sounded, I could totally picture like an archer scene with him in it. With the first
0: name yes. Lancel
4: Woodhouse, <laughs> he is one hundred percent an archer character. <laughs> it's like Sterling Archer's butler is what exactly, Woodhouse. Exactly.
1: All right, so I have the last. So what do I have here? The last pick of the second round. Ra- last, last pick of, pick of the draft. draft. This is the last? No, no I have two picks still. No, you've already no, picked, two. You've picked two Oh no! Yeah, we can <laughs> keep this rolling. <laughs> Name draft, and I've been listening to this show for a year.
3: I've ever heard. Might be we Nichols. had the Nichols
1: Colonels. Be shout out Nichols Colonels. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with a player. We often talk about two first names. This guy has two last names.
0: <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Adkin
1: Aguirre. <laughs>
0: what number is this? I
3: love it. He was going to be one of the ones that was going to be sad if we
1: didn't get to pick him. Yep. Adkin Aguirre, number 24
3: below like, our sixth president,
1: James, <laughs> <laughs> James Matt. James like they literally have a president on their roster. Uh, Adkin Aguirre, defensive back, redshirt freshman, 5'10", 174. Have you noticed that every player on their <laughs> roster is 5'10"? Yes, they every
0: have, single one. They have an NFL player on their roster too, Khalil Bell. Is that an NFL player? Isn't he, did he play for the Lions? It's right. not a
2: great, a great, 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 it's, it's not a great name for this kind of thing, but I love, I'm a back, a redshirt
3: senior, Hayden Stout.
4: Ooh, I know I Stout like that in the run too. game. You know, I that's know it's
0: just a
3: strong. Wait, Wait, name. Okay, no, I'm not kidding though. We've missed some of these. Number thirty-seven
1: from Bellevue, Washington. <laughs> tate, tate, tate Razor. Tate Razor. He's, lit, he's on. He's on. a uh, Glo- Globo Jim's dodgeball team. <laughs> Laser, Blazer, Taser, and Tate Razor.
2: Oh, my Lord.
0: There <laughs> are just so Number many 50, on here. Number 50, the long snapper, Andrew Burton Shaw. Yep, that that's was a good him. one. Um, uh,
2: this confuses. I'm shocked <laughs> that we didn't even mention. Oh, somebody actually probably already did that. <laughs> oh, sh- Never mind. O'Shea Trujillo? No, we didn't get O'Shea, O'Shea Trujillo. O'Shea
1: Trujillo? <laughs> they have a lot of, like, but There's cross no There's no, um, <laughs> apostrophe, <laughs> there's in no O'Shea. apostrophe in O'Shea. <laughs> we have got a lot of um, half Irishmen
2: yeah. on their team. My people are. Everywhere. I don't want
3: to
1: delve into this too much, but I think we should mention number
3: fifteen, Alvin Delve. Alvin, <laughs> Alvin delve. delve, nice.
2: Like I that's mean, the come kid on. that got the crap kicked out of him. Him and Robert Kvinzland. Okay.
0: Kvinsland. Oh, I almost
3: picked Kvinsland. There's just, Kvinsland. We should post that's this whole thing. This is
0: two more good ones. TJ Troji, not uh, number ninety-five, defensive lineman. Uh, And then coaching staff, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, Matt Troxell.
1: Yes. And don't forget about uh, one of the biggest players on the roster, 6'3", 232, Jake Petit.
0: The downstairs at the Blake Street Tavern is lit right now. I think we're going to go down there and join them uh, and wrap up the BSN Buffs podcast. For Ted Chalton, for Ryan Conningford, for William Wayland, I am Jake Shapiro. Follow all of our content on BSN Buffs. We truly had a blast doing this podcast. We hope you had a blast listening. Always interact with us on Twitter. We look forward to all that interaction and stay tuned to all of our content entering another game we have on bsndeadwork.com.